Business is simple. It's just not easy. We focus on three things to help you run and grow your business more easily. Talent, sales, and how to scale. This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. Hey everyone, Brian Whittington with this episode of the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. We're with John Morris. He's the executive director of brand over at Club Colors. Plus, he's doing a couple of other things that we might pepper into this conversation today. But, oh, this is going to be a good one because there's going to be some tussling, some tasseling, and, and some fighting amongst this one because we don't know what to do on this, but it is important. So the topic is this. How do we, as salespeople, create a brand to do better in sales? And the reason I'm saying that that's going to be a tussle is because there's a lot of people that would disagree with that. So with that said, welcome, John. Thank you, Brian. I love disagreement. Out of disagreement comes resolution. Not a resolution comes next level. That's right. Stress, e-stress, good stress creates wonderful, uh, wonderful solutions. So couldn't agree Absolutely. with Absolutely. Also, it creates crow's feet and wrinkles. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly. all right. It's progress. Hey, whatever doesn't kill you, it just puts off the inevitable. <laughs> that's right. There you go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, the, the question I always ask, John, is this. I mean, all right, so what? Why should we listen to you on creating your own brand as a salesperson? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that uh, years back, right, it was all about activity, 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 activity. And the, that activity was, you know, outbound calling, emails, touches, right, getting those touches. And in many cases, uh, you saw organizations, you know, providing a lot of the, the marketing collateral data information. But this new thing has come out about being authentic and vulnerable, Right. And I think that that maybe it's getting overused, but I think it really is important. At the end of the day, businesses buy from people. Every business is a people business. And no matter what the product is, no matter what the solution is, there's always somebody who's competing with you. There's always going to be somebody who's going to come up with a better way. There's always going to be a, a price battle. So what is the one thing that you really, really control in sales? The person looking you back in the mirror. If that person is unbelievably dynamic and somebody that folks uh, resonate with and want to be around, you'll get more attention. They'll listen. And let's face it, at the end of the day, sales is about a game of numbers, right? The more opportunities that you have to talk about your solution set, the more opportunities you have to talk about how you can solve problems for an organization. I always believe there's really three main things you're trying to do for an organization, make better use of their time, make better use of their money and provide them with the knowledge to make the best decisions within the organization. Right? So TMK time, money, knowledge. And if you put your time and emphasis in that, you have a strong likelihood of getting a lot of, uh, a lot of more opportunity, but it's about creating attention. So why folks should listen to me, well, I had 20, 25 years in the sales game. I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. I've been trained by a ton of sales uh, uh, professionals and experts and coaches and consultants and CEOs and all those different folks. And the one thing that always stood out to me was those people in themselves were their own brand. They had a unique thing that stood out about them. They were inspirational. Um, they had a plan. They had a course of action. And they told the truth even if that truth was harsh and, and cold and, and hit you right in the, in the jaw, they told you the truth. And sometimes that means that you have to be able to tell a client the truth, right? And even though they don't want to hear it. Um, so I think that, you know, personal branding right now is the key 
to creating more attention, to playing the safety and numbers game, and to being able to create a differentiator within your company's differentiator. So let's let's dive down because that was a lot there. So let's dive down on that. Um, I'm the manager. I'm the sales leader, right? I'm the I'm the CEO. I know marketing is going to take a while. Building brand. I mean, building brand takes forever. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to push back on. What do you say to that CEO, that sales leader that says it's going to take too long? Do it on your own time. You know, we hear that. What do you say to that leader? Yeah, and I don't necessarily uh, disagree with that leader. I think it's up to an organization, obviously, to create a clear vision, very clear vision as to what the brand uh, mission is. Um, And, you know, it's up to marketing to obviously create um, a clear definition of what the products or services can do. Uh, but I think it's up to the, the salespeople as it relates to branding to take those, those attributes and those um, intangibles that exist within the, in the organization and to be able to kind of see how that works within their personal game. Now, a brand obviously is going to have guidelines. Um, you've got to comply with what the brand is. You can't go off uh, rogue, right? <laughs> and, and talking about things that are not consistent with the overall greater good of the organization. Stakeholders don't like that so much. Uh, but what you can do is you can connect with folks on an inspirational level. You can talk about what challenges that your previous clients have had until they started working with you and how you took the time and the effort to solve those challenges for them, how you're a great listener, Um, And, you know, the other thing is like people buy character, right? So talk about things that you do in your life beyond your career, right? Because every day is an interview for your next role or for your next uh, meeting. So you've got this great platform or multiple platforms where you can talk about how you inspire on a day in day out basis, the type of uh, wife or husband that you are, the type of parent that you are, how you coach uh, children, how you how you're a part of the community. These things are a reflection of who you are. And if that's who you are, then that's great representation for the overall brand. So two things. Uh, one is, is this only for salespeople or anyone within the organization should be doing this? Well, I really think that anyone in, within the organization should be doing it because no matter how happy you are when your current career, you <laughs> never know who's looking and what the next move might be. But I think that you should always be putting the best representation of yourself out there and showing folks that. But I'm talking tip of spear people, especially, right? Yeah. Those folks should be um, on a regular basis representing their brand to the best of their ability. And they should be wearing branded collateral and, and um, you know, utilizing branded branded items that hopefully their company's providing them, but that's not what it's totally about. It's about their messaging. It's about their personal brand message. That's what creates attention. That's what gets people to listen. And that's what gives you the platform at that point to be able to talk about the services that you have. The more people you can get to listen to the stronger likelihood you have to be a winner in the sales game. And now, so let's go on the other side of this on what platforms, because uh, LinkedIn, pretty much professional, professional platform, should it only be on LinkedIn and keep it a little bit more professional? Or if you're talking about maybe more personal thing, uh, things, are you suggesting other platforms as well? Go where your clients are, right? Where are your clients? So where are the potential buyers um, that, that it could resonate with or the influencers, right? So for me, it's LinkedIn. 
Like I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook because quite honestly, um, based on the type of client that we're looking for, that's just not the right avenue for us. But depending upon the type of business that you're in, Facebook might be a better avenue for you than, than uh, LinkedIn would be. Um, so I think that's the first thing is determine where your clients are at and then determine which, which platform you're going to be on. Get on podcasts like this. Start a podcast, for God's sakes. Um, and by the way, you know, you don't have to start a podcast as a sales representative. If your organization is saying to you, hey, look, we don't want you to, to you know, talk about our organization. You don't necessarily have to do a podcast about the products or services that you sell. It could be a podcast about the things that you know. What do you know? You know, uh, family, inspiration, things that motivate, talking about, you know, uh, previous uh, uh, sports that you played, hobbies that you have. And you can get those things to correlate and resonate with potential buyers so they see how you might act in your career, in your uh, actual business environment. Now, how people much- buy people. Yeah. Now, how much, because this is a lot of marketing and this is a lot of time. So how much time are you suggesting that a salesperson should take in doing this? If you want to do anything, you got to schedule it. So I would say that somebody should, you know, schedule a half hour to an hour a day um, to invest in themselves. So a better, uh, a better uh, thought process on that is how much do you want to invest into your income? Right? Like, the ultimate goal I found, especially recently, is when you can get unbelievable salespeople to become unbelievable marketers and start to create leads for themselves, not counting on a CRM or not counting on the organization to provide it, and they're creating leads on their own. Boy, you've got a dynamic salesperson. On the other hand, if you've got a marketing team that can start driving revenue and not being a cost, but actually starting to, yeah. to create sales, then you've got this unbelievable branding that is happening. You've got this, this, uh, I call them brand champions, right? Um, so I look at it this way. If you're, if you're in sales, the company is going to invest X amount of dollars into you based on um, the salary they're paying and the return on investment, the budget that they have acclimated for, or, or, or uh, yeah, acclimated for you or, or assigned to you, right? Um, how much more money you want to make? Most salespeople are on commission. So take whatever, uh, whatever portion of that is and invest it into yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a key point there, right? Is a lot of salespeople look at themselves as just a W-2, as just an employee. Mm -hmm. and, and I would really challenge you, is go back, it's an old book, but I, th I think it's still relevant. Four-hour work week is where Tim Ferriss really pointed out, hey, get a, get a virtual assistant and help them to alleviate a lot of the admin stuff or a lot of the things that you don't do. I mean, between Fiverr and Upwork, if you're not strong at doing some of these marketing pieces, find people out there, right? There's all kinds of people that can take your podcast and, and do it. I mean, just to put a podcast up is free on Anchor and some other areas. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take a whole lot to get started. Um, so now, curiosity. Well, look at it this way too, Brian. Is productive sales time entering things into a CRM? or having conversations with clients and generating new leads, right? Correct. So I, I totally agree with you, right? We used to call it windshield time back in the old school. You could tell by my lack of hair um, how old school I might be. <laughs> but we called the windshield time. You know, how much time did it take you for you to drive from one appointment to the next? Well, that yeah. was not productive sales time unless you found a way to make it productive. Audio um, books and, and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. Windshield University, was that what they called it? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so... Um, I think you hit on it, but I want to go down maybe a little bit more deeply. How tightly 
should marketing restrict or how tightly should the leadership restrict what the people are putting out there? Boy, that's that's been a tough one. I've had this conversation on several podcasts because depending upon the industry, uh, the confidentiality um, uh, of those of that brand. So let's um, say those... that you're not in fintech or not, you know, SEC regulated. So let's yeah, let's yeah. remove that. Let's just say average, not super highly regulated. So sure. the, the vast majority of the businesses. I've always felt like, you know, the key to a great salesperson is to manage up. Right. So I think what the salesperson should be doing is going to the marketing department and the folks that are overseeing branding and saying, OK, so what are the boundaries? Right. I, I, and I understand that, you know, for the organization, they have to clearly define those things and put those things out. And they're going to provide marketing collateral. But I think it's always, you know, it takes two to tango. Right. And if you're trying to drive your productivity, you're trying to drive your revenue, probably not a, a bad idea to manage up. So go to um, your, your, uh, leadership, go to the marketing team and essentially say, okay, so what are the boundaries? What can you provide me? What can I talk about? What can you, can, can I, uh, get out there in the way of messaging? And yeah. they're going to give you some of those guidelines, right? Within that, follow that direction, but there's nothing holding you back from talking about, you know, um, sales tips, be of value to the potential buyers. Talk about solutions. Talk about um, how, you know, things that inspire you. Get people to recognize who you are as a human being, and they will listen to what your, what your services are. Yeah, no, um, there's a, the, a guy that was on our podcast a while back. His name is Matteo Elvira. I'm going to mispronounce that, but I think it's Elvira. Um, and he's taken to TikTok and a couple of other things, mm -hmm. but really leveraging it over over LinkedIn here. Uh, our guy James Bowden, um, he's he's really leveraged this, and it, they have two different goals. One is really growing his own business. The other one just kind of does his own thing, but then he's still W two somewhere else. So it, it seems like we could have various goals to do this. So, what are some of the goals that you've seen other people have? when they start down this path? Well, you know, I, th I think that depending upon, again, this goes back to whatever organization you represent and whether or not they allow you to have a side gig or whether or not they allow you to have a side business to whatever that might be. But just from the, from the brass tacks of it, right? Like um, use, utilizing multi, multiple avenues to create content um, that is going to get different, types of messages out is going to hit different audiences in different ways. And then of course, at that point you should train. So some of the messaging that you're going to have is strictly going to be to create attention, right? right? Might make them laugh, might make them smile, might inspire them. So I, there's a cadence to it, right? So I've always, uh, my cadence has been, I'll put something out on social media that is raw and authentic. Um, it could be about mental health. It could be about um, a touching situation that happened with one of my children when they came to me and they had a problem with this is how we talked it through. And then you correlate it kind of back. Right. So there's that cadence. Then the next cadence is culture. So you're talking about all of the things that are fantastic about the organization, but you're not asking anyone to spend any money with you. You're not trying to sell them. There's no call to action. What? What? Yes. Can you believe that? Um, all you're doing at that point is you're simply showing them why somebody would be um, 
interested in the organization that you represent. And in other words, who's steering the ship? Who's, who's, who's in charge there? And how do you think? What's your why? How do you act? That then so, transitions into... Let, let me pause you there if you sure. would. Jot down where you are so we don't lose your thought. Sure. But, but think about it. Why, you have to ask yourself as a listener, why are we doing these things? I mean, we're, we're talking about um, a, a little bit about us. We're talking about a little bit about the culture of our organization, which really gets to the, the who and the why behind the organization. So, I mean, really what we're doing here is building trust. Because without, yeah, exactly. Without trust, you're not going to get anywhere. So it's it's another way of building trust. And instead of one to one, you're now one to many. And each person is going to have a slightly different personality. So one personality might rub you the wrong way, or one platform might rub you the wrong way. But for somebody else, they're absolutely going to love that. Um, So yeah, keep going. Well, look at the multiple personality types that there are that are potential buyers. Yeah, I have four right? of them so, myself. You know, so that, so the, the reality is, and I've said this before, like Brian, if you and I both had the same exact 10 leads, right? And we gave our presentation, we both had a 40% closing percentage. I would be willing to bet that we're going to close four different out of the 10. Yeah. It, it, uh, because, because we're going to resonate differently. 100%, so, yeah. So get building trust is, is by far the most important thing. Well, I, I've... I've struggled to build trust with somebody when they're trying to sell me something. Right. Uh, Well, so let's touch on that. What's the easiest way to build trust or maybe some tactics or strategy to be able to build trust? So I think you hit two. One, open up personal. Hey, here's who I am. This is how I live my life. And and I don't have just work life, home life, but integrated life. And then we talked about culture. So what other ways can we help somebody to build up trust? Well, I think, you know, the next thing is look at whether or not you're making enough, um, whether or not you're asking enough questions versus making statements, right? Mm. So all of it is to gain the, is to gain the trust so that you have the platform to be able to then ask the questions and let those folks then be vulnerable and authentic and tell you what their real, real challenges are. So we always talk about the want behind the want behind the want, right? Um, what is the emotional driver for a client? Well, I don't know about you, but it's tough for me to get emotional with somebody unless I have a feeling or understanding that they're an emotional creature too, right? So they're going to open up. So if you open up first and you talk about your strengths and weaknesses and your failures, but that you always conquer, that you always find a way, that you're always battling, you're always going to the next level, then there's a strong chance that that will resonate with people and they'll be more inclined to tell you what their want behind the want behind the want is. That's the thing that moves people and drives people. Um, you know, the solution is really just because they want to fix a problem that exists within the business. It's they want to fix that problem because that problem causes other problems. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of curious too, because there's two people and I can't remember uh, once one of her first name is Sarah. I can't remember her last name. And another one is a gentleman that he does live cold calls, right? He records himself doing yeah. cold calls and in they they've documented their life from a new salesperson to where they are today. And it's amazing how many followers they get because it's authentic, it's real. Yes. And, and that's what people are looking for. So it doesn't necessarily show that, hey, this is what we do. This is a product that we offer. They don't even touch any of that. Um, but I, I believe what it does is it shows that they're real and then they share tips and strategies and they're wonderful resources. So I, I would say another, another piece to adding trust to build on to what you said is bring value. 
Yes. Right? Pitching your products, pitching your service is not adding value. It's, it's helping people to solve problems, I think, would be a key way of doing it. Yeah. And in order to do that, I think some of the content might be posing what the problem is, right? You got to create the market. Yeah. So create the market by essentially showing a common problem that your clients had prior to working with you. Now, and I love that. So are you familiar with um, a book called Obviously Awesome by April Dunford? I am now. Okay, got it. So check it out. Um, but episode 53, if you go back to that, and it's really rather quite brilliant, but it's to your point, you identify the likely problems that they have now. Well, guess what? Without you, there's already alternatives. And guess what? You likely know what those alternatives are. So you can speak to them and bring value about, hey, if you have this, if you're doing this, you're likely running into problem, problem, problem here might be a way of, uh, of fixing it, which seems completely counterintuitive because they're like, why, why in the world would I do that? But then you can also bring up your alternatives or now an alternative to that is blank and you don't bring it that you do it, but here's yeah. an alternative way of doing it. And that's where it starts to come. So that's you're where they, yeah, yep. you're speaking right to them that they now know that you understand them but you also have a better way. So uh, I really that, like Brian, that. that we were talking about, right? It's not necessarily marketing. I think salespeople need to understand that what you're doing is more social selling, right? Yeah. But you're social selling without presenting, right? Because if you were in a one-to-one -one negotiation, you're sitting down with somebody, you're going to ask question, question, question. Um, you're going to ask open-ended questions to gain facts and to gain information and data. You're gonna ask closed-ended questions when you want them to say yes or you want them to say no. So you're gonna do that when you need to. But in, in the format of social selling, you're reverse engineering. So you're taking the problem, painting the picture, getting somebody to go, ah, I have commonality with that. That sounds like me. And then you're essentially painting what the solution could look like and what's the need payoff. If they found a solution to that, how much better does their life look? Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, they're intrigued by that. So now they might like, they comment. Then you go and you look at who liked and commented. And then you send them a DM and you say, thanks so much for supporting my content. And then at that point, that's all you say. Just thanks so much for supporting my content. I really appreciate it. Happy to support yours. And then at that point, you have an opportunity to build a relationship, build trust. Then you can come back and say, hey, um, are you open to the idea of potentially hearing more about what we can do? Yeah. And, and I think that goes back to knowing your goal. What's the goal of all of this? Yeah. Right. And so the goal, yes, is branding. Yes, it's getting out there. But in my belief, and I'd be curious, John, if you agree with this or not, my belief is the goal of doing any of this is to engage in a first time conversation. Yes. I, the, I mean, the idea of, of any of that stuff, right? No, I, I, I was cutting out there. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, good. All right. The idea of any of these things, let's be honest, we're in, we're in business, right? And it's about uh, building revenue, uh, which equates to profitability, which creates the e income security, all those different things. There's yeah, just a style and a way of doing it. That is, you could be human. And, and so let me speak to those out there like, eh, that sounds a little icky. Uh, I, I can't give them credit. It was one of the founders of Keller Williams, and I love the line. Mm -hmm. It says, money's only good for the good that it can do. Well, I want to do a lot of good. So I want to make a ton of money, right? I am an unapologetic yes. capitalist. And 
if we do it with a pure motive, a pure heart, pure as it can possibly be, right? Then we can give back to community, help others grow, be there for others. And I mean, that's really our mission is helping uh, communities thrive through entrepreneurship. And we can do a lot of great things. You can't do it if you're broke and no money. Everything takes money. So my gosh, do this stuff and then be super charitable. So when you're on an airplane, you hit turbulence and the oxygen mask comes down, they say to you that you're supposed to put it on yourself first because you can't help the person next to you if you're dead. Right. <laughs> okay. So I, I, like you, struggle with this whole, like, it's not about the money. You know, it sounds icky kind of a thing, and it's not about the money and this and that. Well, if those people have such a viewpoint of the world that they want to help others... I don't know any society where you can truly, truly impact multitudes of people without money. Yeah. Water costs money, food costs money, everything costs money. So the more money you make, if you want to be one of those people that is absolutely playing a huge part in society and giving back, great. Make a ton more money. You can do twice as much that you could with with half the income. Yeah. And the beauty is, I mean, money, all it is, is really a commodity. You can buy it. It's called a loan, right? You buy it at a percentage rate. Um, so it's it goes back to, and I love that line. It's only good for the money, the good that it would do. So let's let's do a lot of that good. So now speaking of money, and this is where things will get a little bit dicey. Okay. All right. So now I'm the salesperson. I'm doing all of this stuff. I'm pushing stuff out there. It's great content. I'm getting all of these followers. Who owns the material? Well, if it's on your personal, if it's on your personal um, uh, platform, right, it's on your personal account, then then ultimately you you're owning it. Right. If you're posting things about your organization that is company generated, then, yeah, that's coming from the organization that's branded materials. And you're probably going to want to get authorization and approval to you know push those things out, um, you know, that have company logos on them and, and company Intel and that type of stuff. Right. So those things need to come from marketing, branding and have to follow guidelines. Now, uh, but the other stuff is yours, the, the intellectual property of how you go about your day, how you impact people, how you solve problems for your client base. That's yours because now, there's other salespeople that exist within the organization that have their own style, their own way. Right. So that's yours. And to go off of that, speak to the leader, the sales manager, the owner that says, listen, once you build this up, I know you're out of here and you're just going to do your own thing. So speak to that person. Well, that's on them. Okay. Unpack that a little bit more. All right. I mean, look, you know, sales managers and and CEOs want this unbelievably dynamic team that's going to go out and drive revenue and do amazing things. Well, guess what? If they're going above and beyond to create this unbelievable personal brand and this following and they're generating fantastic revenue, you better share some of that back in order to maintain them because they just became a lot more popular in the marketplace. Yeah. By the way, years ago, it used to be that you built up this book of business and there was this thought process that if I was a sales manager, I was going to go recruit you and I was going to bring you in. And let's say we were a competitor. You were going to bring that book of business with you, right? So I was going to recruit you and you had all those relationships you're going to bring them with. So I pay you a little bit more to bring those relationships over. And I think what happened was folks got all these uh, non-compete signed and non-disclosures and all these things. So guess what? 
you also found out that the book wasn't completely loyal to you. They liked the product, the service at the total organization. It never so now when you left and went to another organization, the 400,000 that that sales manager hired you to bring with only a hundred grand of it came with if you're now lucky. that income, that, that additional income they paid you, they're going, wait a minute. He's got some catching up to do. He didn't bring that with guess what doesn't leave you. Yep. Followers. So now when I look at, and I'm hiring and I look at, we're going to bring in somebody in account management. We want a business development field to our account management because we don't want people just to take orders. We want people to make orders, right? When we're looking at business development, we want people to have the ability to not only business development, but lead generate on their own. I'm looking at the followers. Have you built a brand? Do you have a following? Because if you go from company X to company Y, the one thing that does not stay with company X is your following. Yeah. That comes with now it makes you valuable so, so let's talk about um some of the reasons in addition to, to to driving sales in addition to um getting really good salespeople, what other values will come from having this personal brand as you move up through the ranks well as you move up through the ranks you become less about task and you become more about greater good of the organization you become more about shareholder value you know, the, the higher up you get into the organization, the more it becomes about the brand. Yeah. Right. Um, so going from, you know, uh, a job to a career to a role. That's the transition. Pretty much most people start with a job. You're right. It becomes a career as they build. Then it becomes a role. If you have this, if you have this personal brand and you've built this up, you now play a a bigger role within the organization in building an audience. And I think the client bases have shifted from client bases or the market to an audience. Yeah. And, and it's kind of curious too, because as you're having, you know, even if you go more traditional, because by the way, this is not the only, well, agree or disagree. This is not the only approach that you should take. You should still have, no. all right. Okay. Thank you. So there's going to be multi-channel. So whenever I'm doing an email, whenever I'm picking up the telephone or doing whatever the case may be, I can pepper in my, my content. And now instead of like pitching or whatever, I can say, hey, you know what? Based upon our conversation, here's a here's a podcast that I did or saw a blog post that was written up or whatever the, that applies to that where now we're bringing value. And that goes a long way. And also, as you move up through the ranks, if you start hiring people, people want to work for that manager. People hire for that, that manager, that leader. Mm -hmm. but they also leave for that one, right? So if you have a huge following and people know you, they're going to want to work with you as well. So it really is helpful for recruiting. It's really helpful for prospecting. There's retention. Not, yeah. So talk a little bit about retention. Well, from a retention standpoint, I mean, sometimes, you know, first off, let me hit this so I don't forget. What you just said was absolutely brilliant because that's the reality. What I'm saying to you right now is, as it relates to social media and brand building and all those things, that's not the end all be all. I'm convicted about it. I'm a convicted dude, right? That's just what it is. But I also come from a background, like you said, where you have to have a multiple, multiple angles and a very diverse methodology of activity. You have to make the phone calls. You have to send the emails. You have to shoot a text. You have to follow up all those different things. I just have started to build onto that and have found that social selling is delightful because it makes my phone calls better because I have something to talk about. Yeah. It makes my emails better because I can actually attach the link of the post that I just had when I said that and say, hey, point of reference. 
Hmm. Right. And I'll gain a following. Um, on the follow-up, I could say I was so inspired by our conversation. Check out this cool post that I did. And I can actually add that in. So now I can hit them from multiple angles, which means I can hit them here and here, right? And I'm yeah. and I'm also creating creativity. But to your point, as you're moving up the chain through sales and you're becoming a more of a role player, an executive, a manager, building a following is tremendous, not only for the outward reach where you're trying to get clients to pay attention, but also as salespeople are looking at, boy, who do I want to go work for? Yeah. Who would I want to, who would I want to be my next leader? And when they see how you think, what you believe, the way you go about things, how you articulate the creativity that you have, that's inspiring. On the retention side, it's, there's only so many internal messages that you can send one-on-one to somebody. And sometimes there's some benefit to just speaking about a generalized situation, knowing that it actually appeals to four or five people in the organization, but you don't necessarily want to point them out, narrow them out, or, or you know, you almost want to kind of subliminally put that into them, that they're valued or that they're part of something bigger, that there's purpose over product. You know, so a lot of the messaging that you could put out, especially as you get into a management role, is not always speaking about the culture of, of the organization from a branding standpoint to create brand attention, get people to kind of resonate with that. But it also is talking to the people internally where you're setting a tone, um, where you're giving them fuel, um, you're refilling their tank. You're also giving them training. It's ongoing training. If I'm a manager and I'm posting constantly about, here's the five or six different things that you could do in order to drive your sales, drive your productivity. I don't need marketing or HR to send me some document with that. I can post that, it's my belief. And then I might just share that link with my team and have them now like it, comment, maybe share it with their clients, or at least you know it starts to build on that. And then you create that dialogue. So it's a, it's a great form of communication to team build, to culture build. And to get people to, there's that repetition of management, repetition, 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 and clarity of thought. These things all create strength of team. Yeah. And so let's give a, a, a tactical hint here. And, and I like what you were saying here, John, because a lot of times I, you train one-on-one or you're doing a, you, right, you have your one-to-one yeah. with, a, with a salesperson and something comes up and you think, oh, I got I to gotta tell that to the rest of the team. Well, why not do one to many? Take it, put it in a post, share it out there. So now you're sharing value and then share that with the rest of your team. And, you, and, and that way you're one to many. So that's a really nice, easy way of creating content. Or if you're a salesperson and you learn something from another sales, you know, a sales peer or whatever the case may be, you, you should, I don't know, crazy thought, write the thing down so you remember it, <laughs> I know you can, think. right? So you can go back yeah. and then why not do that in a post, write it in a post. Now you're a content um, provider giving valuable content and then tag the person from whom you learned it, giving thanks, showing gratitude. Yes. And by the way, people like people who are, are happy and show gratitude. And, and so you're, you're building those relationships, you're building up trust. And it's just things that you're likely should be doing anyway, but you just do it publicly as yep. opposed to privately to help others. The master connecting methodology and the attitude of gratitude and, and all of those things. And, you know, I've always, I've always uh, come up with the thought, uh, come up meaning was raised with the thought that give, if you give more, you get more. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's, if you're doing it with the right intention, 
which is, like you said, to tag that person and acknowledge, hey, thank you for giving me this thought and to share that that information with their team to help them grow. And, you know, one message can hit many in many different forms. So it's football season right now. We got the Super Bowl coming up. We also, or if you're a Chicago Bear fan, we're on to our 17th coach in X amount of years. And, <laughs> and uh, we're going through this. But, you know, it, it also, if you look at these coordinators that have come up, right, or a new GM, they've built over time this network of people. So if you're a new GM, all of a sudden you got to hire a whole department of personnel, personnel department. If you're a coach, you get hired. You have to have an offensive coordinator that's going to come with you. You have to have a defensive coordinator that's going to come with you. You have to have all those coaches that are going to come with you. But even more, you have to have a playbook. You have to have a library of content, of plays, of strategy, and of messaging and of culture building that you've built up while you went from player to assistant to film personnel to quality control coach to um, eventually coordinator. And after all this period of time, you're building up this case as to why you should be a head coach and lead an organization and drive a brand. If you're a salesperson right now, guess what? That's what you should be doing. You should be creating your library of thought of content of, of, of um, information, your game plan, your strategy, even though you're not the head coach, you're building that so that someday when somebody calls your number, you're ready. It's a um, great correlation and great analogy on that one because um, you know, some tactical advice here. One note, if you're a Microsoft user, Evernote, if you're not, right? Write that stuff down, tag it. So you can go back to it, constantly adapt it. Because if you if you want to lead a team, or if you want to be the the, the owner, right, the CEO, yep. and you want to scale the business, these are all things that you need because you get that tribal knowledge, and then you're the choke point, and you have to get that stuff out. And it's changing ever so quickly. So really, keeping that up to date, a living document, uh, it's really a really really a rather brilliant idea. Um, nice add-on. So well done. You know, I, I got to tell you this too, Brian, like as you get higher up and higher up and, and, and um, you're an executive or a CEO, or you started your own business or whatever it might be, you also have to have the ability to communicate with people on all levels. Right. So you have to have stories from each level of your maturation process to relate to people at each stage of their maturation process. And if you don't keep a library of it and you don't keep content on that, then that puts you in this situation where you're now untouchable and you just come from a CEO perspective. Yeah. And that makes you intimidating. Well, you need and, to be able to get in the trenches and talk the talk with all the people. And people remember stories. Yes. They don't remember the, the tactic. They don't remember, but they will remember a story and they can go back to it. And if you're like me, you'll forget what you had you know, a few seconds <laughs> yeah. ago. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Yeah, right. Write it down and create <laughs> the story around it. And if you're naturally gifted at that, uh, wow, man, you have a true blessing. But if you're like me, write the darn thing down and create, yes. um, learn this, create vignettes. Have those same stories, and, and 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 that story is going to work in so many areas. So create those vignettes. I mean, think about it. I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, John, but it seems to me that you have five, ten circumstances that come up again and again and again. And so if you have one vignette, 
per those circumstances, it's only five to 10 vignettes that you need. And then your stories are going to keep adding to it and getting more and more relevant as you go along. But it seems like you probably only need five to 10 vignettes. Yeah. I mean, and again, this is, this is creating, a, a <coughs> going back to how we started, this is about creating a personal brand. Your, your personal brand is what is going to get you to the next thing. It's not just always results driven. It's not just about hitting the number, right? Um, hitting the number, of course, is part of the equation. It's extremely important. But I've always felt like you can't truly be an expert in anything until you can teach it. Well, that's a really good point. I, uh, whenever I was, I used to be a pilot, and I don't know why I remember this, but there was a 19, I swear it was a 19, a book from 1960, the worst illustrations in the universe. It was FAA manual about this thick. <laughs> I mean, it was just horrible. And I don't know why it hit me or affected me so much, but it said that the best, the only way that you can tell if somebody's learned is by seeing a change in behavior. Mm -hmm. So if you're in sales, you're getting people to change behavior. If you're in leadership, management, teaching, you're, you're having to get people to change behaviors and you won't be able to understand it until you become a teacher of it. And that's why we became flight instructors because it's amazing. You think you understand it until people that have a completely different perspective than you start asking you questions. And especially whenever you're flying and they're trying to kill you, you got to learn really quickly about how to teach them so you don't both die. So that's My a, Lord. yeah. So that's a so brilliant true. point is that the best way to learn. And that, that's one of the reasons I became a sales trainer back in the day is because I didn't feel like I knew sales well enough and I remember this from flight instructing. Well, I'm going to learn how to sell by teaching others how to sell. And, I, and so take that and utilize it. Teach others, for goodness sakes. Become a mentor. It's great. I, lo I love that. I've always believed that the best way to learn is to teach. I really do because I tell you what, number one, it holds you accountable because you're asking people to do, uh, you know, follow a system or a process. If you don't follow it, they will it. sniff that out. <laughs> so you got to kind of... It kind of holds you holds you accountable to that. But the other thing is it creates a conversation and that conversation allows you to talk deeper and deeper into that training, which helps you to better understand it and articulate it and communicate it, which is also going back to why it's so important to create, um, you know, these this little this little game plan or strategy that you have as a salesperson and create this little personal brand, because what you're doing is you're reteaching yourself and you're adding to it and you're building on it and, and um, you're, you're ultimately advancing. You're going next level at that point. Yeah. And, and I like where you're, you're heading with that because as you're writing these things out, it's forcing you to think through it. And mm -hmm. too often we're so busy. We just go, 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 go. And so we don't think deeply enough. I think a lot of times people, people think to themselves, well, I don't really have time to think through this. I'm just going to go and do Whereas if you can do the hard work, and I'm telling you, it is hard work to think deeply about something, that's whenever the ahas come up and you, you can have amazing, uh, amazing movements forward or amazing, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, advancement. advancement. Yeah, thank you. We said Viewers get paid. Thinkers get paid a lot. Yeah. Thinkers that can do and think, that's where it's at. 
you get paid directly proportional to the problem size problem you solve. You solve, yep. hey, would you like fries with that? You're 15 bucks an hour if you're lucky, <laughs> right? So solve bigger problems by by thinking or figuring out that critical thinking. So hey, this is a lot of fun. So let me let me start to wind this down. Um, if I wanted to get started in this and I wanted to take take you up on this this idea, what's my first step? What how do I get started? Right. So is that right, right down, or correct? Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. Right. Not directional with a W. Right. Um, you know, sit down and write down. If you were going to write a daily success plan for a, for a peer or a sales, uh, a sales member, what would you advise them of? What's your daily success plan? Write it down. Um, what, is your, what are your beliefs? Write those things down. Uh, what are your steps? Write those things down. What are your five favorite questions to ask a prospect? What's your best follow-up formula? Write that down. How do you do it? What are the steps? What's the cadence to those steps? If your organization came to you right now and said, we're going to pay you $50,000 bonus to write your complete sales methodology, could you do it? Do you have it? Right. And who knows if they're not that, if they're that close to coming and asking you that. Right. But if they ask you, you don't have it, maybe you don't get the 50,000. Right. So think about it in those terms. Are you doing the job that you're in or are you doing the job to get to the next opportunity and the next opportunity and to grow as a human being and to make more money and to touch more souls and to drive more purpose if that's the case, then start to document what you have right now. Start to write it down, create a plan. So if somebody said to you, I want you to move up to management, we need you to interview and we need to know what your structure, your plan is. And we need to see it. How would you build culture? How would you build structure? How would you stay in line with the company brand? How would you train? How would you recruit? Guess what? All of those things you're writing down, those things are great for your advancement. It's all content. Yeah. And, and when somebody asks you for it is not the time to start working on it. <laughs> oh, no. no, no. I got to tell you right now, if I went right now into the sales department, I said, we're going to hire two managers and um, I pick five people and, you know, two or three of those people could do that. They're 10, 15, 20 percent ahead of the other people. I don't care how dynamic and how uh, the, their their communication style is and and their numbers have been. You know, people that are going to eventually lead an organization have to be able to teach other people how to do what they did and better. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that we ask all the time, because what we do is interview salespeople, right? And even bad salespeople know how to interview really well and look good on paper. Yeah. And you ask them, okay, what's your, your sales process? Uh, <laughs> all right. So you ha how do you define that you had a good first time meeting? Uh, mm. buying signals. <laughs> okay. What yeah. are those? What are the buying signals? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's not it. <laughs> so really know this stuff you, because you are, if you're in sales, if you're in sales leadership, you're a professional, know your business. Yes. I mean, know your business. You can make so much money in sales but only if you're a professional. So learn this stuff, would you? All right. Well, hey, you're uh, representing two brands too, Brian. You're representing, 
your family name and the brand name. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do it well. So uh, one business hack, whether for hiring, well, yeah, let's do that one. So a business hack for hiring, how do I identify people? What, what characteristics should I be looking for if I'm trying to hire a salesperson that has this uh, ability? Yeah, so- uh, And let maybe, me make it hard on you. You yes, can't please. look at their number of followers. So uh, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for the core characteristics that I can tease this out of them to build this up. So I, I, would, I would ask in the interview, if you're gonna leave here right now and write a piece of content, what would you write? Or if you're gonna leave here right now, produce a piece of content, what would you produce? Or prior to you coming in here, tell me about the last piece of content that you that you produced that was business driven. Interesting. Okay, I like that. That's a great a couple of great interview questions. Um, resources that you might recommend. What should people be doing if they want to learn more about this? What should they be reading, listening to? Resources to to um, take advantage of. You know, I think that the 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 most important thing to do is to f uh, fill your feed with things that inspire you. So that's where I go first. I I start with things that are going to lift me up. So when I'm going on looking to connect with folks, I'm looking to connect. I hate to say it, but I'm looking to connect because I'm trying to fill my heart and fill my brain. And I like to be inspired. and I'd like to learn. So I'm not necessarily always going on those platforms to try and find the next person I'm going to sell to or who the great client's going to be. No, I'm using it because it's a, if it's self-fulfilling for me, I, I want to advance myself. So I look for people who, you know, um, might compete with me, right? Um, that I can learn from that are in branding. I connect with a lot of people within the industry to learn from them, to see what my differentiators are, where maybe my holes are in the game. And that helps me to formulate what my stance is, what my viewpoint is. So I think the first step is to take the first step, which is to get really active and engaged. And the first best way to do that is to connect with people that inspire you or you can learn from and then comment. Comment, comment, comment. The best, some of the best posts uh, start with a great comment. You made a great comment and then you recognize the people, it wasn't your post, but you own the post with the comment <laughs> and like 40 people commented on your comment or liked your comment on the post. Yeah. And then you go, wow, that was pretty cool. I was just trying to be nice and to the person who posted, I liked their post and I was just commenting. Don't utilize the platform strictly to put yourself out there on a platform, support the other people on there and build a community, build a posse, build a tribe, build like-minded people and people, by the way, oh my God, I'm not going to say this in 2022 in this world, find people who disagree with you. Brian, <laughs> this has been a fantastic podcast. I hope for you, but for me, because you've challenged me. You've challenged me to think and to and to come from a different perspective and not just to be a mouthpiece that says things. I actually had to think a little bit on this podcast. Good. So I did my job and, and hopefully we do our job for others because I think that goes back to it is. It's great when somebody can push back your preconceived notion because that preconceived notion is your comfort zone. And if you don't change your thinking, you'll never be able to get to that next level because you're in your comfort zone and things always change. So absolutely find people that you disagree with and even vehemently disagree with, 
And you'll likely find that they're closer to, to what you have than you, than you ever realized. And I'm fearful that we, uh, we lost you there, John. <laughs> you got frozen up. <laughs> you know, if you look at ultra successful people, as you were saying, um, they, they always talk about finding ways to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. And I think part of part of what you're talking about, that great point that you just made there is that, you know, finding people that disagree with you is uncomfortable and it creates conflict and out of conflict creates growth. One of the sayings that we had here when COVID first hit was um, uh, opportunity grows from the roots of adversity. Um, we turn it into a big logo in our office. And, and the, the point there was that, you know, not everything that is good comes from things that are easy. Yeah. Right. And you, you got to push that. And the other thing is like, while you can't see and we, we did a tree logo and the logo is, you know, green leaves up, up top, but under the ground, you see the roots, right. And they're kind of dead, whatever. And our CEO is uh, CEO, Jeff Balme used the analogy that, you know, when a tr in the winter time, when all the leaves have fallen off, a tree's still growing underground, mm. you can't see it. Uh, but when it grows back in the spring, it has more leaves and it's a bigger tree. Why? Cause it was growing while you couldn't see it. And so while you're in disagreement with folks and you might be challenged and you're, and you're, you're connecting with people that might have different viewpoints, while it seems like maybe you're not progressing because you're not making your point, you're actually really growing because you're becoming more knowledgeable and you're getting more perspective. Yeah, and, and it's curious too, because um, if you start from, and this is a good sales tactic too, if you start from points of agreement, start there. Yeah. You know, define terms, agree, find the areas of, of agreement, but in, unless if they're completely psychotic and for the most part, they, they aren't, they're looking to have a good life. They're looking yeah. to take care of their family. They just want the best for the community. So if we can say, I agree with you, now we might have completely different viewpoints on how to get there. But if we can start from that premise and say, oh, hey, you're a human too. Oh my goodness. I think people, things would be a, a whole world better. So with that said, um, you know, what do you see coming down the pike? What's the future hold the things that you're like, Oh my gosh, this is going to scare the crap out of me or yay, let's go. Yeah. What's scaring the crap out of me right now is uh, we're starting up a few different divisions here at club colors and we're trying to, you know, really get it um, refined as we go to market with it. And it's going to be something that's going to take us out of, you know, the, the product uh, distribution and decoration, kitting and fulfillment, and more into the service part. So this is a natural progression for uh, organizations to diversify and become stickier um, and be able to open up the opportunity across the board. So that's something that I've been uh, given the honor of, of spearheading. Uh, we're calling it Reach, Inspire, Engage, Influence. We're going to be working with uh, our client partners to bring out their social selling, their content, their brand messaging, their core values, and to get that out into the marketplace in a manner where um, it, it creates more awareness and attention for their organization and ultimately drives more opportunity. And so we, we had done it pretty well for ourselves in the last couple of years. And we said, you know what, this is something that we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on. Let's turn it into something that we can do for other clients. And the, the reception of it has been uh, fantastic so far as we've had some of our first opportunities and we're continuing to grow on that. It scares me to death because <laughs> it's not what I have done for 25 years. And imposter syndrome continues to poke into this bald head and I have to beat it off 
And that's some of the things that I write about. I write about those things. I create because guess what? I'm human being. I'm real. I fail more than I succeed, which means I learn more um, every single day. In fact, if you read my about and my LinkedIn, I talk about that's my opening. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm proud of being a failure. I'm proud of it. Um, well, I'll push back. I can grow. Yeah, I'll disagree with you. You're only a failure whenever you pick up your ball and go home with your sucking your thumb. So as long there as you're go. in the game, you know, I'm all about that. Yes. I'm here's, thumbless. Yeah, there we go. So uh, here's the <laughs> funny thing. Uh, yesterday, um, it, it just so happened. I love that the line, uh, the man in the arena. Who was that? Roosevelt that wrote that? I don't know. Oh, check it out. So you'll love okay. that. So check it out. Uh, Google uh, the man in the arena. And I had an, a man in the arena moment. So those failures are your biggest lessons learned. But in, in reality, they're temporary setbacks, which will allow you to grow and learn. So no, that, that's a great, great takeaway. So all right. So with that said, you're now making these transitions. Who should reach out to you? How should they do it? And why should people reach out to you? Yeah, you know, um, I think folks that want to engage in uh, conversation and uh, be inspired and feel connected uh, with somebody and in an organization that ultimately is going to care about the greater good of them, their personal brand and their overall brand is somebody who should want to talk to us. When I, a lot of the things that I do personally on social media, anyways, um, uh, I'm doing quite honestly um, because I want to, I want to touch people's hearts. I want to inspire. Um, and you know, uh, if, if you're looking for somebody just to chat with about that, I'm happy to do that as it relates to the business of the business element. Who should we chat with? Marketing managers, VPs of marketing, HR managers. You know, if you have an organization and um, you have a, a, a marketing department that wears a lot of hats and would like to offload some of the like sourcing of product and worrying about what type of apparel you're going to wear in an event, how to take care of a trade show where everyone is taken care of, how to make sure that you that you have the right promo gift or, or giveaway. Um, we become your personal shopper here. We call our, our salespeople brand advisors. We don't call them salespeople. In other words, we don't give you a catalog and say, hey, take a look and then tell us what you want when we meet your budget. What we do is we understand who's coming to the event, what it means to you, what's the takeaways, what's the outcomes you desire. And then we source product that we feel will create the best reaction so that you get the best return on investment out of your marketing spend. We then advise you with what those products are, and then we go shopping. We take care of everything for you. Concept, oh, so how, the doorstep. How, so how should they reach out to you to do that? They can get me at uh, either at my uh, my LinkedIn address, or they could uh, email me at jmorris at clubcolors.com. Uh, they could also go on our website at www.clubcolors.com. You could check out our podcast in the club on YouTube, and it'll be hitting more platforms uh, here shortly as well. Nice. So uh, when you start making your posts. Whenever you start creating your content, be sure to uh, tag John and me. Tag and, me. Yeah, absolutely. Tag us. We'll comment, have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, really enjoy this. Don't have a job. Have a have a, a passion that you get to do. Uh, ideally, if you can get paid for doing something that you love, that's that's a real cool thing. And, and being able to do this will allow you that autonomy, will allow you that sense of accomplishment um, and really makes it all worthwhile. So go out, help some people, have some fun doing it and make an impact. So thanks everyone. I really appreciate it. John, thank you for your insights here. And until My next pleasure. time, don't just learn, apply it. See you everyone.